Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fast talk. Street talk. Mike Graham. Fighting the good fight with all his might. Providing a welcome dose of common sense for the common people. Solid talk. Hot talk. The independent republic of Mike Graham. The home of common sense. Talk radio and talk TV. Well, good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On yet another auspicious day uh, in the dangerous world of international politics. Liz Truss and Quasi Quartet, uh, everybody's favourite double act, uh, seem to have done a U-turn. Uh, it happened sometime between me waking up and leaving the house this morning. Nobody was quite sure if it was going to happen. In fact... Most people were pretty sure it wasn't going to happen. Even Liz Truss and Quasi Quarte were sure it wasn't going to happen yesterday. But then, suddenly, the room changed. The sands moved. All sorts of things happened. And now, the 45 pence income tax rate, which was abolished, is unabolished. Even before it was actually instituted, if you know what I mean. This is not what I call leadership, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I was asking the question earlier on Twitter whether they've got any other policies they'd like to reverse on just before we get started. If they'd done it differently, it might have been a different outcome. If they'd thought about it more, it might have been a different outcome. If they hadn't been heckled and shouted down by everybody from Sir Keir Starmer to Laura Kunzberg, maybe they would have held the line. The point is this. It's a very insignificant part of the mini-budget anyway. Presumably all the lefties who have been moaning and groaning all weekend about robbing the poor to pay the rich will now have to shut up because they're no longer robbing the poor to pay the rich. They're simply giving the poor more money and not giving a tax break to the rich anymore. But it's only two billion quid. It's nothing. It's like a drop in the ocean to the big budget that they're actually proposing to do to create growth in this country. But it's going to be very, very difficult, I would imagine, for Liz Truss and Quasi Quartang to do anything now uh, without changing their minds, because that's what they're going to be famous for. The lady is not for turning, you might remember Margaret Thatcher saying. Well, Liz Truss thinks she's Margaret Thatcher, but she very clearly isn't, because she clearly is for turning. Coming up in this hour, we're going to talk as well about energy, because today is the first day proper uh, of the new energy tariff. We are in October, the first on Saturday, the second yesterday, the third today, uh, Wondering what we're supposed to be doing. What are you going to do if a bloody great bill lands on your front door, uh, on your mat, and it says you owe us 2,000 quid, and if you don't pay up, we'll be cutting you off? It won't say that because they're not allowed to do that anymore, but we're going to try and find out exactly what's going on. We'll also find out why 22,000 operations have been cancelled by the NHS, according to the Daily Telegraph, um, every single day. 22,000 appointments cancelled every single day. Forget about the budget. Forget about the tax purposes. Forget about the thresholds. What about the NHS? What about your energy bills? And what about the migrants? Finally, finally, somebody has seen sense. Finally, they've been listening enough to my show to actually say the right thing. Because the Tory party chairman has finally come out and said in the Times today that if they don't solve the migrant crisis, the Tory party are finished. 
And that's what I've been saying for a very long time. We're going to be talking to Trevor Kavanagh, political columnist at The Sun. He's up in Birmingham at the conference, of course. Uh, Liz Truss is going to be speaking tomorrow. Quasi Quartain is going to be speaking today. It's all a bit of a shambles, isn't it? 0344 499 1000 is the number. We want your views, of course. We want to know what you think. Michael Gove is about knifing right, left and centre. Anybody you can find to knife. It's what his speciality is. I've asked him on the show. Keeps promising he's going to come on. Hasn't so far. We'll see how that goes. Uh, this is the Independent Republican Mike Graham. Let us get it on. Welcome back. This is the Independent Republican Mike Graham. Let's go straight to Trevor Kavanaugh, this columnist in The Sun this morning, saying that warring Tories shouldn't forget who the real enemy is. It is, of course, the Labour Party. Trevor, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Now, I don't know whether you saw this coming. I mean, it's literally um, government by the day, isn't it? I mean, I was talking to uh, uh, one of my colleagues yesterday about what we thought might happen, whether we thought this was going to be a good week or a bad week for Liz Truss. Um, there was no indication, even this time yesterday, that there was going to be a U-turn on this tax. The tax has overshadowed everything, and it's not actually that important, but it's become the sort of political stone of destiny, if you like, for the Prime Minister. Yes, this is a car crash which has driven a hole right through the Chancellor's credibility and the authority of the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss. And it's really quite astonishing that the Tory party of all parties is in revolt over a tax cut, mm. a small tax cut at that, and a tax cut which won't come into effect for some time. And yet over £2 million, Michael Gove and Grant Shafts, you ha- have the party suddenly in turmoil with rebellions and uh, uh, revolts all over the place. <clears throat> and uh, this time like, yesterday, as you say, uh, Liz Truss was uh, telling anyone who was cared, cared to listen that there was no question of a U-turn. By the end of the day, uh, we had dinner last night with uh, Kwasi Kwarteng. There was no indication there about a U-turn. Around midnight last night, uh, our uh, political editor, Harry Cole, spotted a senior Downing Street staffer, ashen-faced, on the phone, about to clamber into his car. Harry stuck his foot in the door, badly <laughs> hurt it, <laughs> And got him to admit that, well, not to admit, but not to deny that they're about to do a U-turn. So we broke the news last night about midnight. Yeah, I mean, it's quite extraordinary. <clears throat> isn't it? I mean, you just can't think of a, a worse start to a prime ministerial reign than this. And given that, how, how can it go on, really? Well, it can't go on because the, uh, the rebels within the party, of which there are many and very angry and rather diverse, They come from a wide cross-section of uh, senior and junior MPs, ex-cabinet ministers, sat cabinet ministers, disappointed backbenchers and so on. This is now the path of the course. So Liz Truss in future might announce that she's going to do something about cross-channel migrants, as you say. And how long will that last? 24 hours a week? Uh, Who knows? Is she going to do something about reforming the NHS or the, the welfare state? And how long will that last? Every single decision and announcement from now on will be seen as a challenge to those people who want to bring it down. And because there are plenty of enemies out there in the big wide world, whether they be in the city, whether they be in uh, trade unions, whether they be in the civil service, you know, everybody can now see the prime minister for what she is, uh, which is weak, um, rudderless and incapable of sticking to something. Well, what is so disappointing about this, Mike, and I'm sure you will agree, is that the actual policies that were announced in that new budget were perfectly admirable. Some people won't like them. 
<clears throat> Others will say that she should have gone further, but she was moving in the right direction. So was Quasi Quarting in trying to get rid of the barnacles off the boat. Mm. And those are the uh, tax hikes. We've got seven, the highest taxes in 70 years. And we've, we're, we're covered with a raft of uh, regulation that have been, was imposed under the rule of the European Union. We need to get rid of those things and streamline the British economy. And that, <clears throat> that was a first promising step. And suddenly it's in ruins. It really is. And it's a staggering situation. I mean, I don't know what you're uh, seeing up there in terms of the uh, the runes and the way people are reacting uh, at Tory party conference. But at the end of the day, um, she hasn't put an, put an end to the infighting. She hasn't stopped the factionalisation of the Tory party. And that will presumably continue. And they'll now see her as, as wounded. Uh, and presumably they'll go for her, won't they? Oh, I, I think that they see this as open season. Mm. Uh, Michael Gove is clearly out to get her. Uh, Grant Shapps too, but they're only two figures, uh, very fluent and articulate figures, but only two. I mean, almost everybody from uh, Rishi Sunak's camp down, um, some uh, want her to go for different reasons, but the the, the, the war has been declared now and a, a, a large victory has already been chalked up. This isn't the end and mm. it, it, it's almost impossible to see. In fact, it isn't almost impossible. It is impossible to see how this beleaguered government, uh, beleaguered prime minister, only four weeks into the job is going to re recapture that ground. I mean, I said uh, last week in the midst of all of the kind of the, uh, uh, the backstopping that we were doing uh, on this show, because I was like you, I thought the budget was fine. I didn't think there was anything materially wrong with it. And I thought it was a step in the right direction. Uh, and all these doommongers who kept saying, you know, the pound's finished. Britain is no longer a place people want to come in from international investors, uh, companies, and we are never going to rec recover. And soon we're going to be worth less than the dollar and all of this rubbish that was being spoken about, all of which didn't happen, all of which was fine. By the time Friday rolled around, the close of play, the pound was actually stronger than it had been for a while. Um, I was on the I was on the side of keeping sticking with Liz Truss and making sure that, you know, this was not an emergency and it didn't create absolute and utter havoc. But again, it seems to me as though the Tory party has kind of kiboshed itself, you know, in a way which is quite remarkable. Yes, it's a, a self-devouring panic, isn't yeah. it? Where you have a, a knee-jerk reaction, which is totally over the top. We've had the pound is now back to where it was well before the uh, budget. Mm. Uh, the rest of Europe is fighting exactly the same problems. And the Dutch are fighting... 17% inflation. The Germans aren't far behind. And they've all got the same problems with uh, growth and inflation that we have. So we've actually done rather better than many of them. And this was an important first step, not just in what was said, but the, the message that it's transmitted to the people with the billions and trillions to invest in this country, to, that this was a country that was open for business. And suddenly, we show that we're prepared to crumble at the first uh, a threat of uh, rebellion. Yes. And I mean, as I've heard various um, Tories saying from as early as this morning, you know, this 45p tax rate thing could have been dealt with years ago. You know, it could have been done away with years ago. It was only invented relatively recently. It was never really a thing. It's not as if they're doing away with, you know, hundreds of years of tax policy. You know, it was a relatively new um, institution uh, to take a bit more money off a few people. But it didn't really matter to most people. No, it was introduced as an act of rather spiteful genius by Gordon Brown in yeah. the last month of his uh, period in office. And 
it was always just a a, a sort of emblem of a, a dividing line between the uh, social socialist government uh, of Labour and the Tories. So that if you got rid of a 45% artificial tax rate, you're automatically impoverishing the rest of the country. I mean, it's totally ridiculous. And the, the big problem was that it was badly timed. And as Liz Truss actually admitted yesterday, they didn't prepare the ground. They didn't even need to prepare the ground because they didn't need to do this until next year. They could have done it in the March budget with a little bit of preparation. And nobody would have even noticed or, or reacted to it. No, exactly right. So what happens today? Kwasi Kwarteng gets up this afternoon to make a speech, his first sort of proper speech to the nation, his first proper speech to uh, the Tory party faithful. What do you think is going to happen? How is he going to be received? I, I suspect in grim silence because, <laughs> the uh, well, I, I'm sure he get the applause that uh, will dutifully be dished out to any leading cabinet minister. But this is, as I said at the beginning, a car crash and it, it drives a hole through his credibility as Chancellor. I mean, he must be in complete anguish over the way that he's going to go forward from here. If he's going to U-turn on something that the Prime Minister actually insisted and whose words were splashed on the uh, Tory Bible, the Daily Telegraph, this morning, saying that there would be no U-turn on the 45p tax rate, where is his credibility? There is none. But stay where you are, Trevor. We'll come back to you because I want to talk about Keir Starmer as well and what this means for the Labour Party, because as your piece says this morning, let's not forget who the real enemy is here. 0344 499 1000 is the number. This is Talk TV. See it, hear it, think it. Talk Radio and Talk TV. Miss Joe says this, I have to say, Mike, this is the beginning of the end for Truss and Co. Showing that you don't have confidence in your policies and reverse them because of some media and social media pushback is pathetic. Every single policy could be up for reversal now, or so people think. Paul in Grimsby says, Mike, love your shows. Uh, you said earlier that the real enemy was the Labour Party. How wrong that is. The real enemy is the backstabbing backbenchers led by Gove and Shaps. Uh, we're talking to Trevor Kavanagh, political columnist at The Sun, uh, who's seen a fair number uh, of Tory party rebellions in his time. Trevor, um, I suppose um, Pauline Grimsby has a point. You know, the enemy may well be the Labour Party, but much of what has happened to the Tory party in the last year has been the cause of people in the Tory party. Well, there's an old saying in uh, politics in Parliament that your uh, your opposition is in front of you and your enemies are actually behind, <laughs> armed with knives to stab you in the back. And we're seeing that in a way which is completely unprecedented, as I said today in my column, I've been covering politics now here and elsewhere for about 45, 50 years, and I've never seen anything like it, and indeed nor has anybody else, because mm. nothing has ever happened quite like this. Yeah, exactly right. But let's talk about Sir Keir Starmer and the Labour Party, because they had their conference conference last week. Um, you know, they're riding very high in the polls, probably too high, I would imagine. An awful lot of uh, Labour Party voters, very excitable, uh, think that they've won an election already. But they're still a very long way away from that. And they still haven't really presented us with many policies that we can look at and, and judge and, and kind of analyse, have we? Have they? Uh, and uh, again, Mike, there's another old saying that uh, oppositions don't win elections, uh, governments lose them. Yeah. And that's the way things are heading. There's been nothing that Labour has come up with over the last few weeks and months under Keir Starmer or any of the other front bench team, which actually bears close scrutiny either. There are no big ideas, no plans, no answers, no solutions. They're simply trading on the fact that the government is disintegrating before our very eyes. 
And frankly, that's all they have to do. Why would they commit themselves to anything? They might later have to do U-turns on themselves. Yeah, exactly right. And in terms of the way the Labour Party uh, is kind of shaping up, if you like, I mean, they've got their own problems internally as well. Uh, they're riven by uh, by splits from Corbynistas to, um, you know, former frontbenchers who don't particularly like Starmer that much, but were willing to go along with him. Uh, Blairites who would like Starmer to be more like Blair. Uh, people like Ed Miliband still hanging around, you know, trying to look the part. You know, it doesn't look like a party that's ready for government to me. No, and if you look closely at uh, Starmer and the uh, front bench, you've got people with widely different views. I mean, Angela Rayner is basically a Corbynista, mm. <clears throat> and she's the deputy leader. Um, and you've got others there with policies which are totally at variance with not just Keir Starmer, but traditional Labour. Starmer himself, who is a lifelong Republican and anti-monarchist, is wrapping himself in the union flag of, uh, as a monarchist, and uh, get, getting as much as he can out of the death of the Queen to trade on the feelings and emotions of the country and the voters. Yeah. So uh, he's also a man who has worked hard to get Corbyn into office over a period of five years on Corbyn's front bench. So <clears throat> his credentials are there, and they are need only to be exposed and re-examined. But at the moment, nobody's doing that. They're just watching the Tories mm. um, fight themselves to a standstill. Well, imagine being the leader of an organisation for whom it is remarkable to have to sing the national anthem at the beginning of your conference. You know, that was a mm. controversial decision, apparently. Um, I don't know why, uh, if you're actually a party of opposition that wishes to be in government, what's wrong with singing the national anthem at your conference? Well, they are, um, I mean, they are the archetypal hypocrites. The Labour Party, where most of the leading figures send their children not to bog standard comprehensives that they impose on the rest of the population's children, but to private schools. I mean, that really speaks volumes. It tells you all you really need to know about Labour telling us what to do while they do something different. Yeah. And let's go back to Michael Gove as well. I mean, this is a guy who <coughs> said he was stepping back uh, from frontline politics. Um, but he clearly hasn't stepped back from frontline politics. He just stepped back from a uh, sort of shop window politics and he's now sort of working the, the, the strings from behind the scenes Yes and I think that um, Michael is a very fluent and articulate um, man, possibly the uh, cleverest in politics today but his judgement by his own admission this is too uh, is not always of the best and he has made some big uh, blunders in his time, not least the public stabbing in the front of uh, uh, of uh, uh, our former Prime Minister, uh, and um, <clears throat> then the measures that he endorsed on lockdown, So, uh, plus a few others. Mm. Uh, so I think that his credibility isn't as good as it should be, and it certainly wouldn't put him in the position of being a putative future leader. Exactly right. So what do you think happens now, Trevor? Um, you've, you've seen an awful lot of stuff in your time, as we said. Um, does Liz Truss even last out the year at this point? Do you know, Mike, I think that almost anything is possible. Now, we're seeing Liz Truss already uh, shattered within four weeks of taking over. <clears throat> You've got Rishi Sunak in the background. Uh, his supporters trying to have him imposed as the uh, successor, if, if possible, before Christmas by a sort of diktat. You've got supporters of Boris Johnson trying to get him back as prime minister. And you've got basically a totally bewildered uh, Conservative Party, both on the grassroots and on the back benches. Mm. Um, you could make up any scenario, actually, 
for the coming days and weeks, and maybe even days, as I say, uh, in which you, anything could happen. Any mm. of those scenarios, uh, just pick and mix. Yeah. And because they've been in 12 years, I mean, people are saying they might actually have run their course. And it might be time for a correction. It might be time to put them out of power for a while to teach them a lesson, because it does seem as though there are individuals, and I can name probably at least five of them, as you could, uh, who have become so obsessed with their own self-importance that the country and the Tory party itself is less important than they are. Yes, I, it's, it's a self-interest thing. I think it's incredibly selfish and destructive and, in fact, a betrayal of the people who elected them with a landslide majority only three years ago. Mm. These people don't want Labour. I don't believe the Red Wall voters want to return to Labour. If anything, they're probably more um, centre-right than the Tory party these days. These are the people who are bitterly disappointed with the way that Labour filled the country with illegal immigration and with the Tory party for doing nothing serious to stop it since they took power. They don't want Labour to come back, but they don't want the Tories to carry on no. um, committing suicide. Well, I had this problem with Boris Johnson a year ago in February. I get tired of telling people and reminding them of it when I said he should go because of the migrant crisis, which he wasn't fixing, because of the obsession with net zero, which nobody wanted, and all sorts of other policies that he wasn't carrying out uh, and making life easier for people and bringing down taxes. Because Jake Berry, as if he's been listening to this show for the past year, has finally come out and said uh, that the key for the Conservative Party to win the next election is to solve the illegal migrants crisis. Well, you, you, I, I know you've been saying this for a very long time, and so have I, and so have millions of other people. And I've, I've written over and over again that had Boris addressed these issues as a leader of a party with an 80-seat majority, as he could have done pretty easily, he would still be Prime Minister today. If we'd addressed the problems of uh, flourishing after Brexit, we would still have him as Prime Minister today. Yeah. This was a self-inflicted disaster which has led to what's happening now, in the Conservative Party, and from which I find it very difficult to see how they will recover. I mean, we joke about Quasi uh, having a nickname of Kamikaze, Kamikaze. I mean, he literally has flown the old, uh, you know, Japanese fighter jet straight down the funnel of the liner, isn't he? Yes. I mean, look, I, I'm not quite sure where all this began. It seems like, according to Liz Truss, it was all Quasi's fault, his idea, the 45P. Yeah. The uh, new chief secretary, who isn't doing the best possible job of articulating government policy, uh, also puts the blame squarely on Quasi. And uh, having seen, seen him in action with his head in his hands, I think it probably was Quasi. Mm. Uh, it, isn't, it doesn't speak volumes of uh, support for the quality of decision making in Downing Street these days. It really doesn't. Trevor it's going to be an interesting week. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Political columnist at The Sun today uh, writing about the real enemy for the Tory party is actually the Labour Party run by Sir Keir Starmer. But is anybody listening? This is Talk TV. On DAB Plus, on the app, Talk Radio and Talk TV. News Talk. Money Talk. Talk Radio. The legendary Jeremy Kyle. The best of breakfast radio. Friday mornings from 6.30 on Talk Radio. Real people. Real talk. There's no script. That's my opinion. Better than conventional breakfast radio. The maths doesn't add up. Wake up and smell the debate. This is a breakthrough, is it not? Breakfast with Jeremy Kyle. Friday mornings from 6.30. On Talk Radio and Talk TV. This is Talk TV News. 
Good morning, I'm Zora Suleiman. Ahead of his keynote speech at the Tory party conference today, the Chancellor has made a dramatic U-turn over his plans to scrap the top rate of income tax for the highest earners. Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng held crisis talks following a day of brutal Tory backlash, both tweeting this morning, we get it and we've listened. In a statement, Kwarteng said it is clear the proposed move had become a distraction from the overriding mission to tackle the challenges facing our country. But Tory MP Steve Baker told us the high rate of tax should have been abolished back in 2010. Labour put the 50p rate in, in, in the dying days of their last time in power, deliberately to cause us problems. It's very clear to me. It's, um, you know, Kwasi's right to have listened to the outcry and he's right to have done what he's done today. But, uh, you know, I, I'm very clear. I'm very clear in my own mind. This is a problem of not having had the courage of our convictions 12 years ago. Well, this morning, the pound has rallied against the US dollar. It's now back at the same level it was before the Chancellor's mini-budget at $1.12 to the pound. 32 children are now known to have died in a crush at a football stadium in Indonesia. At least 125 people were killed, with hundreds of others hurt after the crowd surged to escape tear gas fired by police following a pitch invasion. The president of FIFA described it as a dark day for all involved in football and a tragedy beyond comprehension. And some UK households will see a slight reduction in their water bills after a number of companies were fined £150 million. The regulator Ofwat said that 11 suppliers have been fined for missing targets like water supply interruptions, pollution incidents and internal sewer flooding. Thames Water and Southern Water performed the worst. Well, that's all for now. We'll have more in half an hour. Welcome back to the Independent Republican, Mike Graham, right here on Talk TV. Uh, Lyndon's not happy. He says, Trevor Kavanagh, you just told a blatant lie. Labour have come up with a big policy. Uh, the Great British Energy Company. <laughs> yeah, of course they have. The Great British Energy Company. Yeah, that's like saying, I've come up with a plan. I'm going to be a millionaire. How are you going to do that? Never mind that. It's just a plan I've got. It's a plan. I'm going to start an energy company. I mean, that is not a policy, ladies and gentlemen. And Lyndon, you should know better, for heaven's sake. Uh, lots of people today, however, are going to talk about energy, and we're going to talk about it as well, because this is one uh, from an angry OAP. Hi, Mike. Where can I find incentives to get on now the higher rate U-turn has been announced? Well, that's about tax. And about energy, you can find out what you're supposed to do. But if you've got a smart meter, for example, the smart meters apparently haven't been updated to the new tariff. So you won't actually know what you're supposed to be paying. So your smart meter right now is probably about as useful as a chocolate fire guard. But if you've got a smart meter, I need to hear from you. I need you to tell me precisely what it's telling you. Because do you even know what your tariff is now? Do you even know what your next bill is going to be like? If the first bill arrives on your doorstep this morning is more than you can afford, what are you going to do about that? 0344 499 1000. But let's talk now to Sir John Redwood, Conservative MP for Wokingham. He's up at Birmingham at Tory party conference as well. Sir John, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. We've been speaking to Trevor Kavanagh from The Sun, who's got a column in The Sun this morning saying, let's not forget the real enemy is the Labour Party. Could you please remind some of your colleagues there to stop stabbing each other in the back and get on with governing the country? Well, I think that's very good advice, Mike. And let's hope the, the minority that are being a bit difficult 
understand that. Uh, I'm not one to stop people having different views, but it must be done in a, in a helpful spirit and it must be about improving how we govern the country because we will be judged uh, in a couple of years' time uh, by whether we made a good job of governing and that immediately means solving the energy crisis for consumers by giving them some money back and lowering the bills and it means trying to see off the recession which is otherwise coming our way uh, as we see the main central banks of the world uh, jacking up interest rates and trying to create a big slowdown. Mm. I mean, when it closed of play on Friday and even late last night, I was convinced that this uh, 45 pence tax rate had disappeared and would disappear. Uh, it now appears that it's not going to disappear. It's going to remain. Um, I don't think that's a very good look for Liz Truss. What do you think? Well, I think it was unfortunate. Um, I didn't recommend that tax cut to them. As someone who likes tax cuts, that wasn't on my list. Uh, when they said they'd do it, I was relaxed about it and would have supported them. Uh, but they've now decided it's too much hassle. Uh, so my advice to them now is stick with the plan of lower taxes, make sure enough money goes to those particularly who don't have very much money because we need to sustain demand and help them. And above all, let's bust that recession. Uh, otherwise, it will be very difficult in the general election. Yes, it will be. But the problem for, for Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng, though, is that people will think every time they announce a new policy, if you make enough noise and bat, batter enough drums, they'll drop it. Well, I'm sure Kwasi will be aware of that and, and he will now need to reassure us that everything else stands and that he's learnt the, the lesson I think they regard it as a communications failure. Uh, so next time they want something bold, they should do a bit more preparatory work. Yes. I mean, you've always been a very loyal uh, cabinet minister and, and outside of the cabinet, you've been very loyal to the party. Um, why is it that so f many of your colleagues can't see that that's the way to be? I've no idea. I mean, some of them can't. Some of them have been disruptive to more than one leader. I can understand a disagreement in principle with a leader. Uh, but it, it shouldn't be about you. It shouldn't be about saying, well, I didn't get the job I wanted, so I'm now going to upend the leader. It should be about what is in the national interest. How do you help all your constituents? How do you help the wider nation to greater prosperity and freedom? Which is what I thought we were about. Yes. And in terms of things like the interest rates, uh, the, the, the pound dollar ratio and, and the bond yields and all of those things. I mean, aside from interest rates, we see the markets have somewhat calmed down uh, from the sort of febrile days of last week. I mean, interest rate wise, do you think it's right that the Bank of England should be blamed for some of this problem? Well, of course they should. I mean, remember that everybody in the debate tells me that the Bank of England is independent on interest rates. And it is true that they uniquely have the power to say uh, what the official bank rate is and they announce that from time to time and I don't think any politician in power tries to change their mind on that it's done independently but what isn't so independent is whether they buy and sell bonds and create a lot of money that was first done by Chancellor Darling under Gordon Brown mm. and has then been done by successive chancellors the most of all was done by Rishi Sunak and that was a joint policy. It had to be agreed with the Chancellor and the Chancellor and taxpayers underwrite the bond buying of the Bank of England. So I, I think the Bank of England did get it wrong over the last few weeks. I think they threatened the market with too big a hike in mortgage rates. They then 
told the market they were going to be selling bonds to get the price of the bonds down, which is the way you put the mortgage rates up. And then when that went too far, the Bank of Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. England changed its mind and said, you know what, we didn't mean that, we'll buy bonds for a bit instead. So it's been pretty erratic, mm. and I'm now concentrating on what happens when we come to the end of the few days when they are supporting the market, because my message to the Bank of England is try and create calmer markets and don't threaten the markets again with sky-high mortgage rates and bond sales, because that would destabilise mm. us all over again. And what about uh, people who this morning are waking up to the sort of the first day of the new dawn in terms of energy bills and energy prices? Because I think a lot of people aren't that clear precisely what is being done. The government is giving money, uh, I think, to the tune of £66 a month from this point on for about four or five months in a row. But, you know, what should people be looking at if they suddenly get a bill that lands on their front doorstep, which they can't pay? What are they meant to do about that? Well, they should know that the government has put a, a cap on it all in terms of how much you pay for each unit of energy you use. So, you know, if you turn all the heating on and leave it on for too long, you're still going to end up with a very big bill. Yeah. Uh, but there is that cap on it. So if your use is, is similar or, or moderate, uh, as most people's has to be, uh, then you're not going to get the huge surge in the bills that would otherwise have happened because of the, the level at which the gas and electricity prices reach. But the bill is going to be more than it was before the price cap was raised. And to help with that, the government has obviously given the £400 to every household. It's given extra money to pensioners and it's given quite a bit of extra money to those on benefits on top. And they need it because the bill is going to be quite a bit higher uh, than it was before the end of September. Right. And a final question. Kwesi Kwarteng's speech this afternoon, does he walk into the job as Chancellor and keep it until the next election? Because uh, there's a lot of people who wonder uh, whether he's going to last. Well, I hope he does, because I I hope he doesn't make (laughs) another mistake or have to do another U-turn. What he's saying about growth is right. What he's saying about uh, how lower taxes are a good idea is right. Indeed, if you set some lower tax rates, you collect more revenue, which is a double win, isn't Mm. it? We've got more money to spend on public services uh, and the people who are making the money are happier and are more likely to come here, stay here, invest here, create jobs here. That's a good message. Quasi should get it out there and then he'll have plenty of support. 
Sir John Redwood, great to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed, Conservative MP for Wokingham. Um, The thing about John Redwood is people criticise him an awful lot, but he's a very solid and a very loyal uh, and a very good Conservative MP and always has been. If only there were more people like him, the Conservative Party would not be in the mess, in the shtuck that it currently finds itself, because that's certainly where it is. 0344 499 1000. Coming up, we'll be talking about the NHS. We'll be taking your calls. And let's talk about the energy bill as well that you're getting on your front doormat. What does it say? This is Talk TV. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Quasi Quateng about to speak this afternoon. We'll bring you that, of course, live right here on Talk TV. Uh, they have, if you've just woken up from uh, a torpor uh, induced by the weekend's activities, uh, you will be very pleased, or perhaps not so pleased to know, uh, that they've now done a U-turn on the 45p tax cut. It's not now going to be cut back to 40. They're going to leave it where it is because they decided it was a bit too much for them to bear because an awful lot of people were complaining. Not least the Labour Party, who were all saying, oh, but it hurts the poor. Uh, You're basically taking money from the poor to give to the rich, which was never actually true, uh, but they folded. And it's just ridiculous. I've just got a bit of breaking news. Thomas Cashman, 34 years of age, has appeared at Liverpool Magistrates Court charged with the murder of nine-year-old Olivia Pratt-Corbell. And the case has been sent now to Liverpool Crown Court, where it will be heard at 2pm today. Uh, So we'll keep you updated, of course, on that front as well. Um, But before we talk uh, right now to James Sunderland MP, who's also at Tory party conference, let us tell you about the latest world of woe from the NHS. NHS England, right, was told by the government to clear the backlog, to make sure that people were seen, to make sure that the long waiting lists which people were uh, sitting on for sometimes years at a time were done away with, right? But unfortunately, the NHS has been incapable of taking that advice and doing anything with it, because it turns out that according to the Daily Telegraph this morning, something like 22,000 appointments are being scrapped by NHS hospitals in England, not every year, not every month even, not even every week, but every single day, 22,000 a day. Now, even if you only count a a week as five days, that is, of course, what the NHS do, because they don't work weekends, um, that's over 100,000 a week. These are cancellations that are for patients, patient appointments, right? In 2021, 30,267 Uh, appointments were cancelled five times or more compared with 17,884 in 2019. The average number of daily cancellations this year so far is up 20%. 6.8 million patients are currently waiting to actually start treatment, the highest ever number on record. There's another 10 million plus people who are on a secondary waiting list who have been seen once by someone in the NHS but are still now waiting for a second appointment. So that's more or less 17 to 18 million people on waiting lists. And even on those waiting lists, their appointments are being cancelled to the tune of 22,000 a day. I mean, when on earth is somebody going to fix this? I don't even think the government can fix it anymore. I think it's too far gone. They need to put somebody in charge of the NHS who's not a politician, who knows what on earth they should be doing. For heaven's sake, it's life or death, literally. Let's talk to James Sunderland, MP for Bracknell. James, a very good morning to you. Hello, Mike. Now, you'll be pleased to know, because I just had a bit of a rant there about the NHS, I'm going to ask you about the NHS. This is unbelievable, isn't it? 22,000 appointments being cancelled every single day by NHS England. I mean, somebody's got to do something about this. 
Well, Mike, it's a very fair point. I've got to be a bit careful what I say, actually, because I'm the new PPS for health. Therese Coffey's PPS. So Good. I can't really comment publicly on health issues. But what I would say to you is that the Conservative government has pumped in record sums into the NHS. Never before have we spent this much money on the NHS. So for me personally, this is about management, it's about efficiency, it's about getting more out of the NHS and also about holding to account, and that's what we need to do. Yeah, absolutely right. Listen, I've been saying for a long time it's not about money. You know, all these people are saying, it needs more money, it's underfunded. I mean, it's one of the most overfunded organisations uh, in the Western world. And I think surely now is the approach, and if you can do it, please give Therese Coffey a message from me and our listeners who are sick to death of the way that they can't be treated properly. Um, put somebody in charge of it um, who knows what they're doing. You know, break it up if necessary, make it more manageable. But the management is the problem, it seems to me. Yeah, I mean, Therese Coffey, I know quite well. She's very pragmatic. She's got a good brain. Uh, I've no doubt at all she's the right appointment for that particular job. She comes with a proud record from DWP as well. So uh, if there's one person that can sort this, it's her. Yeah, absolutely right. The big question on everybody's lips is not the, is not the one you think I'm going to ask you either, uh, which is not uh, which is about Liz Truss and Quasi Quasi. It's about energy. Today, so it's the 3rd of October. A lot of people are getting their, their new energy bills, um, if not today, probably this week sometime. And Brian has got a question. And I'm sorry to throw this out. And if you haven't got the area of expertise, it's not a problem. He says, Mike, can you please look into how the energy price cap works if I have different suppliers for electricity and gas? I've just got my estimate from one supplier, which is nearly £2,500 per annum, even though I live alone. So I assume my other supplier is going to send the total way over the cap. Well, the simple answer is, of course, that the, the cap that's been announced recently is, is basically a cap on the, uh, on the bills that you'll pay. So it's still about managing consumption, it's about making sure that you are being as efficient as you possibly can as an individual. Um, further details, of course, will come out in due course. But uh, you've got to say that the announcement last week with the mini budget in terms of the amount of money that the government's now spending to support people is pretty impressive. And uh, the government is, is holding its commitments dear in supporting people with their energy bills. Yes, that's true. But there is quite a lot of confusion out there. And I think it's good uh, if somebody from government can sort of get on top of it. Here's another one from Gordon in Cornwall. Mike, I'm with Utilita. My smart meter updated itself on the first uh, 28.1 uh, to 32.9 for electric and 7.4 to 10.7 for gas per kilowatt hour. But I still don't know about my uh, 66 pounds. Is it coming in vouchers or is it coming in direct credit to my meter? I think it's coming in direct credit, isn't it? Yeah, I had a letter from my supplier last week telling me that my monthly commitments in terms of my direct debit has been reduced by 60-odd quid a month. So my instinct here, and I can't be definitive, my instinct is that uh, it will come off at source and that we'll see bills yes. go down as a result. Yeah, that's my instinct if you are getting a bill, but I'm just not sure what happens if you've got a meter. I just don't know, Mike. Um, yeah, but well, that's I'll the problem. The <laughs> Listen, it's not, it's not, uh, I'm not surprised you don't know. I don't think anybody knows. And it's not a criticism of the government or their government policy. It's just the fact that it's a quite a complicated issue. And an awful lot of people are not entirely sure precisely what happens when this big bill lands on their front door and what they do with it. Well, I think that the information will be forthcoming in due course. The announcement's very recent. It's been done very quickly. Full credit to Liz Truss, the new Prime Minister and the Chancellor for hitting the block so quickly. Um, the plan is now in place, but what we need to do is look at the www.gov.uk website for further detail as to how it will manifest itself. OK. Um, let's get on to Liz Truss now. We just spoke to Sir John Redwood, um, who's a very loyal Conservative Party member, always has been, um, whether he's in government or not, whether he's in Cabinet or not, uh, he's always been very loyal to the cause. Not everybody uh, is loyal to the current Prime Minister and the current Chancellor, 
Um, I was surprised this morning to discover that they'd gone up, gone back on the uh, the 45p tax cut. It wasn't a massive thing. It was overshadowed really um, by the reaction to it uh, in terms of people making much more of it than they needed to. I mean, do you think they were right to U-turn? Because a lot of people now are saying, well, how can we trust whatever Liz Truss and Quasi Kwarteng now say? Because if enough people make a noise about it, they'll just cancel it. Well, the Prime Minister will have a good reason for the U-turn. I mean, she listened. Well, she didn't yesterday have a good listens. reason. Well, she's been advised accordingly. And my, my point is this. I think that the measure economically is quite sound. I mean, it's been proven time and time again that when you reduce tax, the yield to the Treasury goes up. So I would have been inclined uh, to support it. Uh, and I have supported the budget since day one. Um, but she's made that decision. We've got to support her. Um, clearly, politically, it hasn't landed so well. But the fact of the matter is that um, that tax cut, as we saw previously with the 50, 50p to 45p tax cut, will have uh, increased the yield to the Treasury. So uh, she's done it. Let's support her. Yeah, well, I mean, easy for you to say. Um, there are certain people in that hall that you're uh, sitting in front of uh, who are not supporting her. Some people uh, this morning are telling me that uh, Michael Gove and Grant Shapps are duplicitous snakes. Gove is slithering around in the background trying to bring trust down. Is that what he's trying to do? I have no idea at all. I mean, Michael Gove is my neighbour. He's my friend. He's a very eminent politician. I have no idea what's happening behind the scenes. I'd be very surprised if that's the case. What we have to do now, Mike, as a party, is to stay unified. We need to get rid of the internal division. Uh, we are very electable as a united party. And in my humble view, what we have to do, every single Conservative MP and member needs to get behind the new Prime Minister and make this work. And of course, it will work. She's very credible. She's very eminent. She's a long-serving cabinet minister. She's got a very good brain. Let's get behind her. Let's give her a chance. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of people said that last week. But now that she's done this U-turn, a lot of people who were supportive of that, uh, and I was one of them, are now not so sure. You know, because I'm worried that she's just going to be influenced by the last person she spoke to. Well, politics is very polarised, depending on who you ask. I mean, you've got 360 Tory MPs. You put them in a room, not, not, not two people will agree on anything. And the point is, we've got to find that consensus. She's damned if she does and damned if she doesn't. And uh, ultimately, she's made the decision, in my view, for probably good reason. Let's get behind her. Let's, let's make this work. Listen, I said when she'd got the job, it's not a very enviable task. I can't imagine why anybody wanted that job uh, after Boris Johnson. Uh, but we are where we are. Um, can you be sure that she will last the course, that she will take you into the next election? Of course she will. I mean, she's elected on her own merits. Uh, she was elected through a ballot. She had the support of uh, you know, most of the parliamentary party and therefore she's the new prime minister. And we have to get behind her. We've got to support her. She's absolutely the right person for the job. Uh, she comes highly experienced and uh, she'll be our leader at the next election and she'll win. Um, and what about Sir Keir Starmer and the Labour Party? Because they're sitting around watching this, clapping their hands and laughing uproariously. Well, the criticism last week, of course, was that the fiscal mini-budget played into their hands. It was announced before the conference and they've had a field day. What I would say to your listeners, of course, is that uh, Labour right now, they've got an image. They had a really good conference last week. It looked really good. It sounded good. But I didn't see a great deal coming out in terms of policy ideas. The hot on image, not so hot on substance. And ultimately, the policy ideas right now are coming out from this government, from the Conservative Party. Yeah. Uh, thanks uh, for talking to us. Very kind. James Sunderland, MP, Conservative MP for Bracknell, uh, now working for uh, the Department of State uh, for Health, it would seem. Uh, he's a PPS for Therese Coffey. Uh, and he said as a result of that, he can't talk about health. Not quite sure uh, whether I can join that one up. But anyway, uh, I did put the question to him. The NHS cancelling 22,000 operations a day. 
For God's sake, guys, get it organised, will you? For heaven's sake, does anybody here know how to play this game? Would be my question. Coming up, we're going to talk to Angela Levin, royal biographer. We've got plenty to say. This is Talk TV. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Uh, let's talk to Reem Ibrahim, though, uh, to get her view, because uh, she's up there, member of the Young Conservatives. Reem, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Yeah, very well indeed. Um, did you get uh, jostled and cajoled and shouted at as you walked into conference? Well, I sort of saw a lot of these protests outside and they sort of had the, the BLM fist out and um, a, lot, a lot of them were sort of shouting Tory scum and screaming at a lot of us. But again, it was just that 30 seconds as you walk in and then, and then you're into the hub of conservatism. So it's, it's not too bad if you've got a strong stomach. And what do you see uh, when these people are, are doing it? Are they mostly young people? Are they, are they a mix? What, what sort of people are they? It, it's, it's quite a mix. I was actually quite surprised to see quite a few older people that were sort of, um, you know, maybe in their 40s and 50s, shouting, screaming. They had the, the sort of megaphones out as well. Yeah. And um, I just thought, do they not have anything better to be doing than to be screaming and shouting outside? I mean, it does seem a bit pathetic and childish, doesn't it? I mean, they really, but this is a funny thing about people on the left, they really hate Tories. I mean, it's incredible how many of them feel so vitriolic and strongly about it that I'll, you know, if I tweet anything about Keir Starmer, they all just come for me and and make out that I'm like worse than Fred West or something you know yeah, absolutely. And I think what it really shows is actually they are, you know, the really sort of vile and narcissistic and egotistical sort of way that they see their leftism. And um, I think this was really shown sort of with the, the Huck scandal last week where she said that um, that uh, our chancellor was superficially black. Yes. You know, I, I, I've been the, the sort of um, victim of uh, some of that sort of language being used against me myself. I've been called a bootlicker mm. and I've been called, you know, various different types of words because of my ethnicity and because of my political views, just all because I I'm, because I'm an ethnic minority, I'm North African, and I believe in freedom. That somehow means that I'm a bootlicker and that I'm scum of the earth, yeah. and that I can't identify with my own ethnicity. And it's that sort of that sort of vile hatred that they mm. have. I mean, you know, as you said earlier, we, you don't see us right wingers standing outside Labour conference because you know we believe in freedom. We yeah. believe they have the right to organise themselves. Well, also you don't want to go too near them in case you catch something. I mean, that's the other problem. Um, but the other the other thing is though, uh, Reem, uh, the big story, of course, is Liz Truss um, and Quasi Quarteng today. Um, um, what's the reception been up there for them? What, what are you hearing? And what are the young Conservatives making of this reversal of the tax cut? Yeah, so I think that a lot of us really wanted to see, um, you know, the, the tax burden go down, right? Before Liz Truss, during the Johnson administration, we had the highest tax burden in 70 years. So we had actually a lower tax burden under the Labour governments of Blair and Brown than we, than we did now. So I think that the tax burden is probably one of the most important aspects for me that I would really like to see uh, be cut. However, that being said, I think that the top rate of tax was never, should have never been the priority. You know, what we really wanted to see is increases in personal allowances and an increase in thresholds so that those people that really need more of their own money in their own pockets are actually the ones of, of the receipt of it. Yeah. The top rate of tax should have been the priority. But again, it's sort of one of those things where what's done is done. I don't really see the point in the U-turn, um, but I, I, I guess sort of it, it makes people happier and I guess it's more electorally feasible. So yeah. I, I, most of us are sort of like, well, OK. Well, I mean, it feels to me like they've done it to save their own skins because I think without doing it, they might have been in a bit of trouble within their own party. Yeah, I think it's sort of one of those things where a lot of the um, constituents in those um, red wall seats, well, formerly red wall seats that we took from the Labour Party in 2019, those sort of seats where the top rate of tags and also the... Um, 
undoing the cap on bankers' bonuses. Those two policies that were sort of seen as elitist, even though I, in principle, I think that cutting taxes and capping uh, and removing caps on everything is a pretty good thing. Yeah. Uh, I do see, however, that the sort of the political side of that, where um, you know a lot of those old red wall seats that they really want to keep hold of in, in, in the next election, yeah. a lot of those members actually actually don't want it. No, quite. Well, listen, Reem, enjoy the uh, the conference if you can. Uh, we may come back to you later in the week as well to check in with you, see how it's all going. Um, at the end of the day, um, Tory party conference will be a happier place, I would imagine, now that this cut has been taken off the table and now that 45p is staying at 45p. It's a pretty weird world we live in where Tory party members, and I think John Redwood sort of hinted at this, actually object to a tax cut for the rich. I mean, what's going on? Are we in a parallel universe? This is Talk TV. Nationwide, by your side, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republican Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. I'll tell you what we have discovered during the course of this show, and it's always good uh, to get to hear from all of you out there, because what we've discovered, for example, uh, is that all is not well uh, with the energy uh, announcements and the energy company's policies. Mike, with regards to direct debit, says Cyril, you control the payments, not the business you are paying. So the gas and electric companies can't put up your payments without permission. Well, actually, you're wrong about that, Cyril, because there are plenty of examples of people who tell me that because the electric company decided you owed them more money or because they were going to change the amount that they were going to charge you because of your usage, they can take whatever they want. And that happens to some people, and it ends up causing some people to go into overdraft because they didn't know until it was taken that that amount of money was going to be taken. So it's not straightforward at all in that sense. Uh, One from uh, Pete says this, ironically, after a very dry summer, but a very wet last week, my water supplier has just increased my direct debit. I think I'll be cancelling it says Pete. Um, Absolutely right. Michael says, good morning, Mike. Uh, Not sure how this happened, but my energy bill has been reduced from £140 per month to £107 per month. Just had £66 added to my credit. I'm with Bulb Energy. Not put the heating on yet, though. Uh, That's Mike in Bolton. Well, I mean, everybody's got a different story, it seems, this morning. So heaven knows what the actual proper rule is. Let's talk to Russell Quirk, property expert, of course, because NatWest has been the latest bank to hike its interest rates. Average cost of property uh, in the UK has also been levelled at seven times the typical wage. Uh, There's going to be more mortgage misery for millions of people, of course. And I was saying last week that, you know, I'm one of those uh, who grew up at a time when it wasn't always a necessity uh, or a certainty, indeed, that if you bought property, you would end up making a load of money. So let's find out from Russell what the markets are saying. Russell, very good uh, morning to you. Yeah, morning, Mike. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, this was always going to happen. I mean, I'm, I think I've had conversations with you in the past when the interest rates were really low, down to sort of 0.25% and all that, that they couldn't really sustain that. And eventually, the prices would have to go up at some point. Now, of course, they're going up way too quickly and people are finding themselves uh, in, in, in a bad place. I've, I've spoken to friends of mine who are moving house now because, in fact, they're moving out of London because, obviously, their mortgage is up for renewal. And it's going to go up by something like a factor of four. Like it's going to be four times as much as they're paying now. Yeah, well, there are people of a certain age, of course, that for the last 10 or 12 years think that a mortgage rate of 2% is normal. And look, unfortunately, I've got, I've got news for them. You know, normal is actually more like 5 or 6%. We've had for the last 10 or 12 years or so this kind of, uh, this rather easy climate of easy borrowing, which, of course, is also fuel property prices. So now we're back to, and, and look, shock horror, by the way, the standard variable rate for some lenders as of today 
because of the furor over the last seven or eight days, notwithstanding what's happened today, the, the typical standard available rate is about four and a half to five percent. So right. yes, it's higher, but it's not you remember that lady on question time on Thursday night fibbing, frankly, and yes. saying that her rate had been increased from four to ten percent. Well that's been exposed as a fib. Yes. Uh, that, because the people, because she named the, the, the building society, didn't she? And they said, Well, we've never Skipton. offered that to anyone. Skipton. Skipton have issued a, um, yeah, a statement saying it's completely untrue. Good old BBC. Well, the BBC peddling lies, Russell. Surely not. Well, I, 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 it's never happened before, has it? So um, unprecedented. So, so, but, but of course, the media have latched onto that and said, well, look, interest rates are now 10%. Well, no, 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 they're not. The, yeah. the standard variable rate is about 4 to 4.5%. Four what, what I think will be interesting, though, obviously, look, we, we got the rather, uh, I think, disappointing and shock news this morning of Liz Trust. Channeling, I used to think that she was going to tra- uh, she was going to channel Margaret Thatcher. She's not. She's going to channel Boris Johnson yeah. uh, in terms of U-turns and going back on her word. Not twelve hours after last night, she said that she wasn't going to renege on the forty-five p thing. What will be very interesting, therefore, is to see now if the market, so swap rates and fixed rates and the standard variable rate that's set out by mortgage lenders. Let's see if those rates now go down quite as quickly as they went up. Friday and then Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday last week. Because when I asked my friends in the mortgage markets not an hour ago, knowing I was coming onto your show, if presumably all the lenders have now retreated because of this relief from mm. uh, the, the, you know, the, the 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 sterling crisis now being no more. And, and surprise, surprise, a bit like the energy companies, Mike, none of the lenders have automatically started to reduce their rates back down to where they were before the 45p yes. reduction was announced. What you mean, uh, I was right again, Russell, last week when I didn't join the stampede of hysteria uh, running headlong to the Lemmings Cliff of departure yeah. where you go it's all going horribly wrong we're all doomed you know it didn't happen you know the pound is back where it was you know the the bond market has been sustained by um, government intervention you know and it looks like what you're saying um, mortgage rates are not going to go through the roof well, and apparently the, the pressure on the bank of england base rate as of this morning of course has come off a little bit uh, because apparently the the big issue in the markets last week was the 45p rate being abolished even though that was only going to cost 2 billion you know we we didn't see anything like that reaction when the government were going to borrow 400 billion and have borrowed 400 billion for covid relief and for the energy cap relief and so on so you know as i said a number of times over the last few days mike the majority of the reason that we saw the pound crash during that Friday and then the subsequent Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday last week was because of the, the speculators in the city, you know, those taking financial positions as traders, pushing sterling down. And that's why, even though sterling has come back over the last two or three days to where it was pre-budget, what we haven't seen today is this huge kind of escalation where actually the pound should now be sitting at about $1.20 based on it behaving the same on the way up as it did on the way down, yes. based on what happened in the budget Friday before last. it's it's it, This is much less about political ideology and worries about borrowing mm. and more about people in the city taking advantage yeah, of the of course. fact that... Um, because that's the what they do. I mean, people who don't understand how the city works were making all sorts of prognostications last week about how terrible it was and the city's got no confidence in the pound and they're all panicking. And I was yeah, speaking to people sorry. that I know, and I'm sure you know people that work in the city, who were literally rubbing their hands. They were going, this is great. You know, we my, love my, this. I mean, I said yeah. last week they're all booking their orders for their new Ferraris for next year because uh, they've made a great big bonus this year. Thanks very much indeed. It's, it's 100% true. And a mate of mine who's a proprietary, proprietary trader in the city, Friday afternoon before last, so the day of the budget, yeah. rang me literally laughing. <laughs> 
literally <laughs> laughing. He just said, we, as in the collective sector, have made tens of millions of pounds yeah. today. Right. Because, of course, it was trailed. And, and why was it a surprise to the city that Liz Truss was going to cut taxes? She'd been talking about doing that for two months. Yeah. Hardly a surprise when she actually did it. Look, it's a massive overreaction. Unfortunately, now, Mike, what we won't see is a correction back to nine or ten days ago, which no. is exactly what the rates No, because, I mean, the thing is, what's now happened, I think the genie's out of the bottle for the interest rate market. And why wouldn't the bank put the interest rates up uh, if they could? Because if they think they can make more money, that's what also is their business. Yes, it is. And, and what we'll look at is the margin between what the mortgage lenders are borrowing at and what they're selling out to the public. Yeah. So that margin was 1% 10 days ago. Mark my words, when we look back on this two or three week period in a few weeks, a month's time, you can bet your bottom dollar that those lenders have rinsed the current situation by increasing the margin between what they charge us as consumers and what they pay in the wholesale markets. No, exactly right. Russell, good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Russell Quirk, property expert there on what is going on in the housing market. And let's face it, it is not as bad as it was being made out to be. But how about this from Sarah? 45p tax rate scrapped. You just don't get it. It isn't a big deal to you, but the backlash of the budget spiking unaffordable mortgage interest rates for the lower paid is like a slap in the face. They perceive it as an unfair decision. You could show some empathy for those who could lose their home. Well, sorry, Sarah, I show no empathy. If you buy a house, you should expect the interest rates to change. And if you can't afford it because the interest rates have gone up, then that is a risk, I'm afraid, that you have had to take. And it's got nothing to do uh, with the budget, that interest rates have gone up. Interest rates have gone up because interest rates are going up all around the world. The reason for the pounds problems last week and the week before was because the US dollar uh, was very, very strong because they put their interest rates up before we did. It's quite simple. It's got nothing to do with whether I have empathy for people. If you've bought a house, you're not that poor. And if you can't afford to pay the mortgage, then you have to sell it. That's the market, I'm afraid. There's no guarantee of anything in this world. Glyn is in Nottingham. Hello, Glyn. Good morning, Mike. And how are you? Very well, sir. What can I do for you? Well, to do with this U-turn business, I thought we'd actually got a third prime minister who, well, in the last hundred years, who had actually got some... Well, I don't know how to put the cronies to actually do what she says. Yes. Say what she means and do. But now, can you trust her on anything? Well, this is I the mean, trouble. Gonna... I mean, I had I, I was standing up for her position last week because I thought the budget was actually quite a good one. And I was happy to see that they were finally going to tackle, you know, some of the taxes in this country that are way too high and need to come down. Um, and I thought this is a bold move and one which proper conservatives should get behind. But now I just think she's a busted flush. Yes, I mean, let's get this straight. I'm not going to benefit from this. I wouldn't have benefited from this um, tax. No, I don't, I don't, we would have all benefited from it in as much as the 19p rate is lower than the 20p rate. If you don't pay the 45% uh, and you're still paying 40%, you're still paying plenty of tax, don't worry. Yeah, but, but as I say, I'm a pensioner. I can't go out and do overtime and all this sort of thing. But, you know, I was all in favour of it. Let's get people in who want to earn a lot of money and pay a lot of money. I don't see the problem, personally. No, I mean, I don't think there's any reason why they had to do a U-turn, other than the fact that the Tory party is now riddled with sort of, you know, what can only be described as lefties, people who don't like tax cuts. I mean, who would have believed that a Tory party is frightened of making a tax cut for the well-off? Well, yeah, but they also seem to be set... I mean, you would think that your MPs will be of at least average intelligence. Yes, you would like to think so. But, you know, the way they're behaving now, because if they get rid of Liz Trust, that's another eight weeks without a Prime Minister, they are actually committing suicide. They are actually 
saying to people, we don't want to be in charge anymore, and God help us, we'd end up with Keir Starmer. I know. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but thank you very much indeed. Glyn's in Nottingham there. Uh, lots more of you want to talk about uh, the Tory party, the conference this afternoon. Quasi Quartain's going to be speaking. We'll bring that to you, of course. But more as well on the electricity and the energy problems that people are having, because it's not clear what's going on out there. This is Talk TV. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio.